What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of shit has happened, but I'm here to pick the ball up after I dropped it for a couple of weeks. But before we get into any of that, please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at TheBeDangerous. Also, follow the podcast, Dangerous Sports Talk, on Facebook, on Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. Now, during the time I was gone, some very interesting things ended up happening. For one, the Bulls did not make the playoffs. And while I am naturally saddened for my second team, because they fought hard all season long, but the same inconsistencies that got them the record that they had ended up being their downfall. And they ended up losing to the Miami Heat with the last game of the season. But something miraculous ended up happening on a certain West Coast team. After the Lakers started off the season 2-10, I didn't give them the hopes of hell of making the playoffs, and neither did anybody else. But Rob Palenka pulled his head out of his ass and made some much-needed moves to add some depth to the roster. In the forms of, I always end up fucking his name up, Hachimura, Indilo, and wait, 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 I believe Beasley. I believe it's Beasley, yeah. So when he made those moves, the Lakers were 25-31 and 31 at the end of the trade deadline. And Latois and AD missed a combined 53 games. And they finished the season 18-9 and and were able to push their way into the playoffs, which nobody thought would happen. And as fate would have it, they would play today. And what the fuck do you know? The Lakers took game one, 128-112. to Hachimura was the first Lakers since Magic Johnson to get 25 off the bench in a playoff game. And people asked about that specific piece of history, saying what was Magic doing off the bench? Does the year 1996 not come into play? I didn't expect Magic to play like he used to back in the day because his body wasn't necessarily conditioned to play a 82-game season which would explain why he came off the bench in the first place to score 25 points. So, anyway, that was pretty damn impressive, and he had a chance to go off. Mr. Austin Reeves has been balling since he got to the Lakers. And as he stated, I'm him, he's been him. Certain fans just didn't want to see it. Because they think the Lakers are supposed to suck until the end of fucking time and don't want to see the good in this Lakers team. Beyond the obvious players. You get rid of Russell Westbrook and he goes to the rent payers. Now he has to play in the playoff series with Kawhi. And no Paul George. How tragic is that? But anyway, let's get back into it. Austin Reeves had 24, 4 rebounds and 3 threes. Hachimura had 25, and wait, let's see, how many threes did he have? Fuck, I didn't even get how many threes he had. But Hachimura, he had 25, like I said. 
AD had 22, 12, and 7 blocks. Lahim had 21, 11, and 5 assists. Obviously, I'm proud they won this game. Because people were swore up and down that the Grizzlies were going to dog walk the Lakers from start to finish. However, Mr. Ja Morant ends up injuring his wrist. And he went from his cocky, you can't guard me self, to being in jeopardy for game two. Now, I already know what people are going to say about this. They are praying to the basketball gods that somehow, someway, Ja will come back and be able to do his NBA jam dunks on people all game long. They think that Dylan Brooks can can go without taking his Ritalin shots and terrorize everybody on the damn court. But what I think is going to happen in this series is going to be a good one. However, the Grizzlies' inexperience has always been their downfall, especially this season, because they can come into the season real cocky, winning games here and there, but when a team humbles them, they don't like that feeling whatsoever. And it's natural for me to want them to be chopped down to size. Because as much as I dog the Lakers, I got every reason to be proud of my team just like any other fan would. So, to people who thought the Lakers wouldn't make the playoffs, Patrick Beverly, who talks so much shit about the Lakers putting them out of the playoffs when the Bulls didn't even make the playoffs, I ain't heard a word from him since he said that shit. Since the Lakers beat the Bulls in the United Center, Patrick Beverly hasn't been saying shit about nobody to no one. And to see his ashy ass get humbled is always a beautiful thing to see as well. So now that the Lakers are in the playoffs, I'm ready for the conspiracy theories. I'm here to talk about the refs. I'm here to talk about whatever people want to talk about whenever the Lakers win a playoff game. But if they lose a playoff game, that's what was supposed to happen, right? Of course, people are going to have their Whatever, whatever's to say, but I know where I'm going to be standing and I will be tuning in for game two. Now, this is a show that was that's been done like maybe damn near two weeks after WrestleMania. Overall, I wrote down I wrote down everything that happened in night one. So Austin Theory beat Cena for the U.S. belt, but that match, well, not even that match. Cena's intro just depressed me bad because it was everything from the light jog to the ring to the deterioration of his muscles to the damn bald spot in the top of his head. It just shows me that my babies are aging and Cena is aging the worst out of anybody right now. Randy Orton still got his sexy. I'm not going to talk bad about Randy. But Cena depressed me terribly. But the Street Profits ended up winning against in the tag in that like what was it like multiple team tag match they ended up winning. I was glad for that. Seth damn Rollins beat Logan Paul's Logan Paul's annoying ass and I was glad for that as well. It was an overall good match. 
One of Jake Paul's friends dressed up in a bottle fucking uniform got put through a table by Jake Paul. Like, it was definitely <clears throat> an entertaining match. I'll say that. <clears throat> then you had Lita, Becky Lynch, and Trish winning over Damage Control. That match was pretty much a damn snooze fest. Then you had this match right here, and I was so damn glad to see it. Rey Mysterio wins over Dominic's ass. And this is what I wanted from WrestleMania more than anything. More than the tag titles match. More than seeing Snoop Dogg doing a slow down fucking people's elbow on the damn Miz after after fucking Shane McMahon came back and tore his ACL in real life. I'm like, you forgive Shane McMahon for fucking up the Royal Rumble of 2021 just to bring him back two years later. Only to have him tear his ACL. That has to be pretty damn thing. But then you had, what was it? Miz versus fucking Pat McAfee coming out of nowhere. McAfee ends up winning that quote-unquote impromptu-ass match. Let's see, what else we got? Oh, and of course you had Kevin Owens beating the Usos for the tag belts. I've seen that coming. This is going to be a really slow demise of the bloodline. Because now that they don't have the tag belts, it's like, okay. You're giving somebody else a chance to have the belts. Okay, that's cool. But night two of WrestleMania, I'm going to see if I can try to remember this. Oh, Bianca Belair and those ladies, from little ladies in our intro from Compton, absolutely ate that night. It was a beautiful representation of little black girls doing whatever they could want to do. And I think one of the leading ladies ended up, losing, ended up losing her mom either that week or that day. And it was really cool how Bianca could bring a little bit of light to her lives. Because I know too well there's nothing worse to any kid than losing your mother no matter how old you are or how old you get. That's always going to be a pain that sits with you no matter what. So to see those little ladies out there shining with Bianca, that absolutely warmed my heart. I love that. Bianca won over Ashka. I remember that. Then you had the Finn Balor and Edge match, Hell to Cell match. Ugh. Like when I used to watch Hell in a Cell matches growing up, when you bled, you bled. Like they pussify so many matches, like especially Hell in a Cell matches or any quote unquote violent matches, you know, because of risk of injury and all this other shit. But Finn Balor fell through the table perfectly and broke it right down the middle. And he ended up getting a serious cut on his head. And they had to fucking staple it up so he could finish the match. And then he had to go back and have it sewn up. Like, it was brutal. That was definitely brutal. Oh, what else? Oh, that's right. I ended up missing half a night, too, because I was fucking sleeping. So, that just showed you right there that I wasn't looking forward to it. Because I'm like, I already know this is going to be some trash, so... It's WrestleMania. I gotta watch. Oh, what else? Then you had the Hall of Famers. You had the likes of Great Muda being inducted. You had, of course, Rey Mysterio being inducted. Stacey Keebler. You had, um... Oh, Mr. Tim White. The former legendary referee. And I can't remember all who was inducted off the bat besides them. But the Hall of Fame ceremony was pretty damn cool, too. And we had the Roman versus Cody match. I love Roman Reigns dearly with his fine ass. 
I really do. But they decided to keep the run going a little longer. And Cody ended up losing. I wasn't happy about it. It's like, but I'll deal with it. Because they say Roman is going to want a little time away from the company, but who are they going to have taking the belt from them? That's the real damn question. And of course, we know that fucking Rip Van Winkle, also known as Vince McMahon, is going to have his damn hands in the cookie jar again and again and again because he can't possibly stomach to sit in the back and not have his hands in some type of creative shit. Like, you know when Vince gets his hands on something and you see some absolute bullshit and you're like, up, oh, that's Vince. But I know one thing. Hunter better do everything in his power to stay in control because Daddy Dearest will come and snatch everything that he's been working hard to build. And Bray Wyatt, he went away with some health, well, mental issues, I should say. And I get that it's hard being on the road 250 years of the day, of the year, I should say. And you're moving at such a fast pace that you don't really have time to take everything in and think about a lot of things. So I'm praying for Bray. I pray he can do what's best for him. Let's see what else I had to talk about because it's been a couple weeks. I know. Oh, of course. You had Don Staley winning the coach of the year. She absolutely deserves it because she does her thing with those ladies over in South Carolina. And I believe five of her players were, were drafted in the WNBA draft. So that's always a great thing to see as well. And the whole Angel Reese and, wait, 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 that Caitlin girl, like, that was a pretty raw game. Then when, Caitlin, then when Caitlin did the You Can't See Me all, all tournament long, she had been taunting her opponents all game. But the second Angel Reese does it back and does it to her, it's a problem. But I've been saying this for long, for the longest time. If you were going to do something over and over again, you better be able to stomach when it comes back your way. Because what's good for the goose is good for the damn gander. And of course, we know people took it to the race thing, and that's exactly what it is. It's cool when a white person does it, but it's a whole damn problem when we do it. You know, and the the great thing is, neither of them bought into it. You know what I'm saying? Caitlyn is cool with it. Angel is cool with her. Like, there's no beef in between them because we all know that that's what the media, and especially social media, wants. Just to have that war. And that's always going to be an unspoken thing, regardless of how much time goes by, what ends up happening in their careers. But these ladies are still in college. You know, and I want to see what they're going to do in the first, their first year in the WNBA. I don't know when that's going to be or when they're going to declare for the draft, but it's definitely going to be fun to see how that plays out. Let's see. What else do I have to talk about? Ugh. Oh. In the breaking news that literally just came through my phone, Tyler Hero breaks his hand in the first half of the Heat's playoff opener versus Bucks, and he won't return. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, the Heat were a team that had a season. 
they just barely got into the playoffs as well. But losing a huge piece like Hero is going to be rough on them. Because everything, of course, falls squarely on Jimmy Butler's shoulders. And for somebody who said he would never be a Heat Heat player, this is going to be interesting to see. Because i got to see what else happens in these games. Um... Yeah, I pretty much got everything that I wanted to get off my chest out. I know I wanted to talk about the game. I wanted to talk about the Lakers and how they got to the playoffs and all that other stuff. And what I could talk about and what I could remember from WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania, I would give a solid maybe B. Because it could have been better. Because I expect more surprises from WrestleMania. I expect the unexpected to happen. And I expect more legendary moments, but WWE has been good for taking cop-outs for the last couple of years, or just in general. So I shouldn't have expected an extravagant show, but it's still WrestleMania, bro. Like, you gotta get your shit together and make shit happen fast. And I'm not sure who's gonna win the belt next, but we'll just have to wait and see what creative decides to give us again. And as for the Lakers being in the playoffs, I got every reason to be proud of my team when I didn't think they could actually get here. And I'm going to be repping. Whether they win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to be defiant. I'm always going to be loud and I'm always going to be arrogant about my shit. Because I can stand in it. And a lot of basketball fans who call themselves trolling and doing this and doing that can't. So that's the biggest difference between me and a lot of these fans out here. But yeah, that's pretty much where I'm going to leave this show. I know I had, I've been late getting that, getting back on the air and stuff like that, but here's your show to talk about. Let me know what you guys think. As usual, I'm Be Dangerous. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dangerous. Also follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page and the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. And I am out of here. Peace.